Thanks for listening to the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko. I'm hosting today, and I'm excited to have my mentor, big fan of Bill McConathy, on the podcast today. We're talking about why it's such a big deal and so valuable to have someone a little bit older down the road to talk to, to bounce ideas off of, to meet with, and have a mentor-mentee relationship. It's kind of a trendy thing. It's something that people talk about a lot. But on a practical level, how do you find one? What do you do? And what does that look like? So I'm so glad to be able to share that with you today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming podcasts and we'll tune in with Bill McConnell. All right, thanks for tuning in to the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Semenko. I'm hosting today and I'm excited to have Bill McConathy, the man, the myth, the legend. Bill, we're glad you're here. Well, thank you, Evan. That's uh, quite an introduction there. It is. You are the most interesting man in the Simple Church for anybody that remembers those videos. Well, there's a good chance a lot of people don't remember those. So I think it's more than you think. It was a popular <laughs> one. That was a great video. Well, I guess I was an easy target. <laughs> you are, and you never want to be in videos, which I think is more fun and challenging to make you be in videos for all of us. Yeah, I kind of get that feeling. Uh-huh. It's always a big joke. Let's That's see right. what, what we can make him do that he doesn't want to do. So The sheriff in Stranger Things? Yeah, you know, I kind of <laughs> like that one, actually. I kind of enjoyed fit. putting the... Uh, the boots and the hat and wearing the gun. I don't know. <laughs> kind of a Marshall Dillon kind of feeling. That's right. The millennial video. You had the shaker uh, ibuprofen. I, I did. I have to give Jonathan Posey credit for that. He really casted me well in that one. You nailed it. You Just nailed it. stand and shake <laughs> and, and nod your head in disgust. Absolutely. Well, Bill, you are here today because we're going to talk about something that's kind of a buzzword, is a trendier word, especially with, I think, millennials and Gen Z is mentorship. You would probably have never called yourself a mentor. I know you have known you a long time. I would agree with that. You're reluctant. You don't like that. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's interesting that yeah, I try to think back. I mean, the word obviously has been around a long time, but I just don't remember that being used a lot when I was a a kid or even a young adult that you do really talk much about the mentor relationship. So right. it's a pretty important thing, but we, and then I think everyone or a lot of people had them. We just didn't call it that. Call it that. Yeah. You didn't yeah. recognize it's not as thing. Right. And it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and there's formal mentorships and the workplaces people have it. Mm-hmm. But for today, as we're talking about parent stuff, All right. I have definitely a big fan of yours. You're somebody I've looked up to. We work together. I grew up with your kids and yeah. you've been somebody in my life that I have been very thankful that I can go to. And I really think it started when you were working at Simple Church. We just ended up spending time together naturally. We went on mission trips and yeah. just listening to you and having, especially as it became a parent, you'd offer advice or I'd ask situations and you've kind of become that for me in my life. And so I'm very thankful. And what I want to do today is just spend a few minutes talking about that and what that looks like and maybe encourage some people listening that if you don't have an older person, I hope that doesn't offend you. It's just a fact. No, I think I am older now. (laughs) That's right. You could be my parent. You're the same age as my parents. You have kids my age, but you are somebody that's raised three girls. And that was a big thing for me of a girl dad. And I knew I was going to have girls that it is a different thing. It's a different Uh, world. Well, I wouldn't know because I haven't had any boys. That's what I hear. That's right. That's fair. (laughs) But it is something that you've become that in my life. We meet regularly. I really do admire and look up to you. And I want other people to try to find this and have this in their life. And it's sometimes difficult because they don't know where to turn and how to do it. Maybe give some tips on that. So let's just go back to you, though, talking about it. You do have three daughters that are all adult now. They're all married. Mm -hmm. They all have their own kids. Your grandpa. That's right. I've got six wonderful little grandchildren. There you go. I'm not going to make you name them all right now. We did that to Brian Reed the other day, and he failed. Well, I think I can do it, but... uh, (laughs) We don't. Okay. All right. I don't want to put you on the spot. I I know I can do (laughs) it, but I won't do it. I won't put myself on the spot. (laughs) There we go. But talk about maybe growing up with your kids and we'll start off of maybe a good piece of parenting advice, something that you would tell to other people listening and growing up raising three daughters just in general. What was that like, Bill? Um, well, that that's a, a really good question, and it's a kind of a it's far, vague. far it's, reaching, can go any direction. <laughs> a far-reaching question. I mean, overall, I would say it was a wonderful experience because, you know, my, my children were, uh, you know, we obviously had some issues along the way but they were they were great kids and they were obedient kids and they did, you know didn't embarrass us and they didn't do things that were way out of line they each had their own individual personalities but they were um you know they just did pretty much what we asked them to do and and really told them they had to do so it was fairly easy when you look back on it but in I know in the time that it was happening it wasn't feeling easy 
all the time. So, and I was fortunate in that as the dad, I got to spend a lot of time with them because Ann is a nurse, um, my wife, Ann, a nurse, and she was working uh, the shift work. And so I, I had the opportunity to spend, uh, you know, get the girls up, get them ready for school, which that meant, you know, doing hair and all kind of stuff. So I got to do some things that maybe I wouldn't have gotten to do. And it and it actually just brought us closer together. But I will say this right off the bat. I mean, without a good mama, mm. you know, the a good daddy can't do it. It's you tough. gotta have the mama. Okay. It's tough. And there so, might be some single dads out there that are yeah. listening that discouraged, but it is definitely a challenge and yeah. it's tough. But And that's true, but golly, if or a mama figure in their life yeah. perhaps would be uh, another way of looking at that. For I know sure. not every you know household is able to have both the mother and father together but um but for us personally it was you know we we co-parented uh in the in our own home we co-parented you know it wasn't and i think that's one of the biggest things is you've got to get on the same page yeah with your spouse with the decision making process the discipline process the just fighting the daily battles you know you gotta you gotta be together on it i think that's one of the biggest things about raising kids that that you sometimes see parents and you you can certainly have a different opinion right but you can't necessarily let your kids know that you have difference of opinion disagree privately yeah and and i think that's a lot of common sense there but unfortunately in the heat of difficult situations we all lose our common sense sometimes and and then you can really, you know, you kind of create a situation where it's going to be harder to get out of it now that you've kind of shown your cards that, oh, I'm not really, in, you know, you're not doing this right. Why did you say that in front of the kid? Right. That's not a good idea. <laughs> sure. Can you think of an example, put you on the spot, top of your head, of a time you and Ann maybe disagreed on discipline that isn't going to bring up a fight now 20, 30 years later? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, you know, I was a... You know, I hate to say it because it sounds so bad, but I was a pretty strict disciplinarian yeah. in that I in that I stayed on top of their behavior in what I and I was a spanker. Yeah. Okay, so I'm a corporal discipline <laughs> kind of guy, um, and uh, but I say that, but on but I have to always follow that up with, but it was out of love, right? And it was shown in love because I was. 99% of the time able to maintain my composure and it right. wasn't this flying off the handle beating up on somebody okay so and I know that that's not necessarily for everyone sure. um, different opinions but yeah you know because yours. some people have had experiences in their own life that make it difficult for them to be a loving disciplinarian with regard to corporal punishment yeah now when you say discipline obviously that that there's a wide range of methods and uh, I think the important thing on any, with regard to discipline is consistency has to be there regardless of which, if you're doing time out or if you're doing, taking away this or that, or if you're spanking, you better be consistent with what you're doing or you're going to lose the value of whatever it is that you're trying to do. Right. And as someone right now, as a parent, I have a five and two year old. It's a lot easier to just let them get away with stuff sometimes and not oh, fight gosh. the battle, and not do it be consistent. Well, and, and you know, and, and let's face it, every husband and wife or, you know, mom and dad go through this is when you've got a child who's misbehaving in some form or fashion, you know, one of the other things that's just tempting to do is try to is to push it off on the other adult right you're like oh, i yeah. don't you know I've, I've had you know my circumstance was wor- worse today so i don't have to deal with that tonight and i don't always want to be the bad guy yeah and it's and it just i mean it just doesn't work that way if you're gonna if it's gonna be effective over the long haul and and i'm not saying that we were super effective over the long haul i'm not like saying we did this right but i'm I, gonna say from the outside and i'm gonna speak for you i think you have three great kids i think you did well, a great job and i think that you are definitely self-critical and you can look back and see the things you didn't do well but i'm gonna vouch for bill and say he okay did a good well job. thank you thank you evan you're always <laughs> you always made me feel better about myself Absolutely. than i did when we started but i think that um you know your the effort has to be there to uh, and it's i think what you're saying i'm sorry i'm getting off track that's okay is it it's a high energy game. Yes. It is it's not ne- passive. It, it never stops. I mean, you you can't just 
feel tired and just let it go today and then tomorrow decide, well, that doesn't work. We're not going to do that. Right. And I, mean, I think some parents do that, right? Well, they, they get to a breaking point and then it's like you've yeah. had months of a pattern that the kid has learned. This is the behavior you expect. And then all of a sudden you're switching to the kids like, I'm not just going to switch overnight. Right. It yeah. has to be continuous and it's not it easy. It does. And it, it's not. I mean, I can just, I think, I mean, I, this is kind of a sad story in some ways, but I used, a, I used a, uh, not a wooden spoon, but I had a little I made my own little paddle because I came from, you know, the period of life that I grew up. We our teachers spanked us. Imagine and, uh, that today. <laughs> and I and I used to and I used to get spankings from a teacher. I mean, I wasn't necessarily, you know, I wasn't a bad bad person, but I was mischievous a little bit, and I kind of was a little. I don't know what you what I'd call myself. I'd pick at people, uh-huh. and um, and I had this particular uh, teacher at Bozier Elementary in the fifth grade. Who he liked me, I knew he liked me, but he would he would spank me regularly. Just sometimes I think he was just trying out new little little spanking tools. <laughs> so anyway, so I learned the value of a of a paddle or or whatever, and so I took a little piece of uh, of molding uh, that you would put around a door facing, yeah. or a, really it was more of a chair rail type thing, and I cut me off. I had three of them. I had one for each of my children, based upon their age, and so there was a Jessica being the oldest had the longer and then there was one that was about six inches shorter and then and then for for Emily and then Claire got the one that was you know only about the baby six inches Uh long and so and I would and now as they grew up and got a little older where they were all getting to use the same big paddle I would sometimes this sounds terrible I hate to say it I would have that in my pocket when I got home from work and as we were going through the evening and I would I mean I would not be afraid to pop them if they were disobedient. Now, don't get me wrong, there there had to be an, a, a real infraction. Right. So it wasn't just start swinging sticks around the house. But um, but it, it's kind of funny now because I still have it. It's up on my refrigerator. <laughs> and I got it down when my kids with my grandkids were at the house recently. And I went over there and I said, do y'all, do y'all need to borrow this? <laughs> it's like, Okay, now it's time to get to do some discipline here. So, uh, so anyway, I still have the tool, the, the weapon. Go. Have y'all talked about? It? Have they said anything about that in hindsight of as kids are looking back on it? They, you know, there's funny, mainly funny stories. Sure. Uh, and you know, to be honest with you, as far as just really cracking down, just really spanking for a major infraction, it was mainly just pops along the way. Now, Jessica, being the oldest. I think she would say that she can remember some very specific uh, episodes that we had that were a little more that were a little more intensive. I guess you would say <laughs> the oldest kid, the experimental kid, right? They got to yeah. take all the stuff for the younger siblings. And of course, you know, as a kid, you always want to you you can't help but put your hands back there to try to protect yourself. And uh, she has a real interesting story about a a couple of bruises on her knuckles where she was trying to protect herself. <laughs> so she learned quickly that the the bottom actually takes it better than the the, the hands. Yeah, the tissue better than the bones. <laughs> there you go. So looking back at your parents then, let's go back to that generation of one more of things that maybe you learned from your parents that they did well. I know you had great parents. Mm-hmm. And then maybe something that you learned that you chose to do differently than the way your parents did things. Because again, you're in your 60s now, you're a different right. generation. Right. And it's the world's a different place. Yeah, and uh, and I would say uh, my father was the primary disciplinarian, and and I think I, my brother, my older brother, and I spec- more than my younger sister and brother, kind of remember him in a different way of where he was a lot more high strung back then, and his discipline was sometimes it was quick and it was. Um, uh, I wanted to say brutal, but that's, it wasn't really brutal, but we thought it was brutal Perceived, at the time. yeah. And so I think that he did more um, reactionary discipline, and it wasn't there wasn't a lot of discussion about, okay, now, you know, not the old, not the old saying, this is going to hurt me worse than it does you, but just explanation of, okay, this is what I'm, this is what you did, this is how I've got to respond to it. And it doesn't mean I don't love you. You know, all of the things that you need to say as a parent, I think it's important. He didn't do that so yeah. much. And, and not that we ever left confused over why we were spanked. I mean, we pretty much knew yeah. why we were getting it. Um, but I think it's important that you it, – it increases the need for dialogue between you and your child. Yeah. He didn't do that as much. 
So I think that's one of the things that I learned as a young father that I was going to explain that out to my kids. And just it's kind of just part of the discipline is you've got to listen to me explain to you now why I'm disciplining you, what you did wrong, so forth and so on. My dad didn't really do that as much. Yeah. Okay. And my mom was not, she, I, I can't really, I can only remember maybe one or two times that my mom and every, and I even had this across word with one another, hmm. uh, which, you know, I'm sure it happened. I right. just don't, she may have a different opinion, <laughs> but, uh, but she, you know, she would just kind of grab something that was handy if she needed to, like a fly swatter or a whatever was around a, a willow limb. If, if do you know what a willow tree looks like? I do. Yeah, well, those things, they, they're like a bull whip when, if you really get them going. So we used, to, we used to do that. But I can't really say what I've done different than what she did because I don't remember her doing a lot of disciplining. Interesting. So, so that kind of goes into maybe, though, the co-parenting being on the same page mm-hmm. of she probably left it for your dad. Yeah. And that, didn't want to do that. A lot, of, yes, that, that definitely happened. It was more wait till your father. I did hear this a lot, yeah. just wait till your father gets home. Right. Which you know, was a little scary at my house because my dad was, a, he was a big man. I called him Big John. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he has, having been a coach and a teacher back in those days where it was not unusual to enforce your rules with some corporal discipline, he, he was pretty good at it. Ran so. a tight ship. <laughs> and so going into coaching education, that's a great point. You were a coach, you were a mm-hmm. teacher, and I think that lets you be involved in your kids' lives in a next level too. I know you coach some of them playing basketball and maybe yeah. just talk about being an involved parent. And- well, I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, I've told, I've described myself as the master of the lateral move. Okay. <laughs> okay. Expand on that. Yeah. Well, I did, a lot of my thought process went towards being, uh, more available to my kids. Now, granted, coaching is not your number one profession for b- availability to family. I mean, right. you know, there's so there's many hours. But there are ways you can incorporate your children into that. And I and I did switch over from boys' sports to girls' sports to kind of help with that. And so I was able to actually – I coached Jessica in high school in basketball – and now Emily and Claire were coming behind her, but I didn't actually coach them at the school level. I did coach all of them in the Bossier Parks and Recreation and that. But I think it's, I mean, it's obviously important, you know, if you're a parent who has some background in what you're trying to coach. Yeah, and I'm not advocating that you just, just because my child is playing, you just go coach something because that can really turn bad on right. you if you don't know what you're doing. So fortunately, I had the you know some experience that allowed me to to do it. At least I knew what I was doing. I may not have done a good job with it, but I knew I'm what to sure do. Sure, you did. Um, so, but we were able to spend a lot of time, you know, going to games. And of course, those are, like I said, Jessica has stories <laughs> about me in practice that I I really would not want them on air because <laughs> a mild mannered person can really turn into a knucklehead when he gets really Sports angry. Bring out the best and the worst. Throwing basketballs and. I do have to tell you this one though. I, I don't. I threw. I have all these. I'm coaching these girls, okay. And so I and I loved them all. And I was kind of like a daddy to all of them. They were sweet, sweet girls most of the time. But oh my goodness, I they wouldn't do what I wanted them to do. I don't remember what it was. So I reared back and threw the ball, not at a girl. I did throw a ball at a boy one time, but <laughs> that threw the ball at the girls and it hit the ball rack. And it knocked like 12 balls off. And so you can imagine that I lost my, whatever the enforcement process was, it turned into just a big joke. Then Everybody because, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, They just laugh, <laughs> laugh, laugh. And I laughed. And, you know, and it was a pretty good example of totally unnecessary action. So, but, uh, but anyway, back on the, the topic, uh, being able to spend time is important. But you also, and what I had to learn with coaching my kids is I had to, I had to treat them as much as possible just like the other girls that I was coaching. Right. Okay, because a kid, uh, especially your own kid, will pick up real quickly if you're not, if they perceive that you're not treating. Special favor, yeah. Yeah, or even or negative. Actually, it's uh, going to be more negative. Hmm. Uh, I know my dad coached me in the, at First Baptist Bossier. We had the, uh, back when we had RAs, the Royal Ambassadors, we played, we had a basketball league, and, and he coached my team. I think I was about a sixth grader. And I, was, I just felt like he was so much more 
he went over the top to yeah. show that he wasn't playing favorites. Yeah, yeah, and then just was everything seemed to be my fault, and I just couldn't understand it at that mm. point. Maybe it was my fault. I still don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I buy doubt it. it. I don't buy it. Though. Right. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's like I said before. So much of parenting is common sense, but it's the discipline. It's self discipline to make it work. You know, you you just gotta. You you just can't you can't take it for granted. And it never really ends. Yeah, as long as they're under your roof. And then, kind of when they get out of from under your roof, like in college or whatever, they're still you know you still have to act as a disciplinarian. You know, I mean, it doesn't really go away until they really have their own life going on. So it's a long, it's a long haul. That's not what any young parent wants to hear right now. <laughs> People tell me that, and I, I definitely but want to believe. Hang in there. That's right. <laughs> you can do it. Right. You know, and and then. The last, but you keep in mind, so if you have to work really hard for the first 20 years of your child's life, or 22 maybe, or now, it seems like maybe they stay they stay at the house longer. longer, maybe 30, let's just say, you still have about, you know, quite a few more years <laughs> <laughs> left where it's going to be all great. Yeah, so, uh, and I think it's a bias, and I think it's natural humanistic to think that the phase you're in right now is probably the hardest. Because yeah. you don't know to compare. Absolutely. And so when you look back in retrospect, you probably would say, oh, those four years weren't that bad. But I'm sitting here changing diapers a couple yeah, times a absolutely. day. Yeah, like, I'm ready to get out of this phase. I, <laughs> I'll take and, my chances. And then also on that line, but you end up kind of rushing yourself through every phase right. to get out of this one so I can the next one's going to be better. And the next one is better, but then it's also worse. There's <laughs> pros and cons of all of them, right? Yeah, so, uh, you know. It's all. I mean, when God developed His system for bringing up children, it, it, it's it's kind of almost like there's that sense of humor again because you you don't ever, you know, you you just can't ever completely get a handle on everything at once. Right. And if you saw all that at the beginning, you would never want to have children. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it scares some people off. There's actually people are having less kids than ever, and yeah. the younger generation they are waiting longer, and there's financial issues with college debt and all these oh, different man. things. Of it's complicated. Well, and that just on that, I mean, not to spend the whole time, but talking about the negatives, but the the financial implications of having that's tough. I mean, because you're. You know, right now with yours at five and two, you're you're trying to think how am I gonna put, how am I going to put them through college? Right. And you know, now I'll give you a st- a, a, some numbers here that will kind of blow your mind now because if you know what college costs now, and I don't really know right now. Yep. But I know when I was my last year of college, I went to Louisiana Tech, and uh, I was on a basketball scholarship, so I could see everything on one piece of paper, and I got my my bill from the comptroller's office or whatever you want statement and for a full scholarship room you know i had lived in the dorm right i had you know meals three meals a day every day of the week was four hundred dollars a month or the whole semester quarter for oh a quarter my yeah gosh. maybe 450 and now that's, that's crazy. Wild. Yeah, some people just stroked out on the. They're paying way yeah. more for that every month on their student loan. Oh alone. my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I stroked out when I was paying for my children. It's like, yeah, I was this. This is ridiculous. And that was that's been fifteen years ago now. Right. So I don't even know what it is now. I know I, the last thing that I remember reading was the cost of college has increased two hundred and forty percent in the last thirty years. Well, I believe. Yeah, that. <laughs> I definitely two and a half believe. Times it. what it costs. Well. And it's and the product is not necessarily any better either. No, so. <laughs> man. Well, let's not depress everybody, Bill. We're okay, going down sorry, the battery. Let's sorry. go positive. That's let's all talk, right. Let's talk mentors. That's right. Now, let me when you said what you said to start with about mentor, I would just say one of the first things that I would recommend to a young parent is you ask someone to be your mentor right. because people my age, or you're not, we're not going to go volunteer to be a mentor. Yeah. Not not because you don't want to. But but you're never going to put yourself like, hey, look, I really got some things I want to show you about raising your kids. Right. It'd be you very rare. Come, yeah. come talk to me and I'll help you with that. Nobody. Very few people are going to say that. Sure. So you got to you got just like with you and I. I mean, you you didn't and you didn't use the word mentor, by the way. Right. You said I did just, not. But I was ready to scare <laughs> you off because I know you yeah. and you're very humble yeah, and modest. You, you were more like, let's have lunch. And I thought, yeah, I, I'll eat lunch with I anybody. You. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh, um even if you've been fairly successful with 
in whatever your role is, if it's a parent that we're talking about, you know, most people are not going to want to talk about your their success. You know, most right. people don't want to. Now, everybody needs to occasionally. Sure, but the people that probably do are probably the people you don't want to be your mentor to. Well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it works out that A little way, too full so, of themselves, yeah. yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I don't – I think um, – the one of the important things about the mentor mentee is that correct I think that's correct yeah <laughs> is um room for mistakes or like for no in other words if I tell you something as your mentor uh if that's what we're calling it <laughs> it still doesn't sound right that's fine you if don't I have to tell you something and you're sitting there going okay that worked for you but there's no way that's going to work for me because of a b c d I have you know then it's okay. You know, it's not sure. like I'm sitting over going, well, I told him to do so-and-so. I don't think most mentors are looking at it that way. They're they're just like trying to help. But, hey, if, if it doesn't work for you, you know, it's not like I'm going to be offended that right. you don't do. And, again, to your credit, you've always been very self-deprecating. You've always been very humble. You're not coming and saying I'm the expert that knows everything. But as the person looking for that, and this advice I'd give to young parents, you look for people that you'd want to be like. So when yeah. I look at you and Ann and looking at the way your kids turned out, that's a path that I could see that I was like, that's somebody that I admire yeah. of how their life is. Again, you never know everything behind closed doors and right. nobody's perfect. Right. There's no perfect person, but they exhibit the qualities, the personality, the things that you would like to be like and imitate. And then you try to intentionally spend time with them. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I normally come with things in an agenda. You probably don't know that. I don't formally have a written right. piece of paper that says, here's the topics we're yeah. going to discuss today. But I have something on my mind or something sure. that's come up and it's a question or sometimes it's just shooting the breeze and catching up and mm-hmm. just being encouraged. But another thing I think you hit on a little bit, bit ago was, is this okay? Is this normal? What is that expect because you get it from every direction you compare social media it's that you're always looking to compare to somebody else and the joke that i always tell mallory is the one about finances the commercial a while back that the guy's mowing his yard and he's like i've got all this great stuff and i'm in debt up to my eyeballs (laughs) because you don't know really how people live right and you don't know what their expectations so for talking to you you're somebody that i trust that would be honest and say bill how did you do this you were also in ministry and that's something we'll talk about for a minute Mm -hmm. as a pastor as a dad as somebody that raised those kids that has been married for how how many years? 38. 30, that's a big deal. I mean, that's just by itself, yeah. somebody that can stay married 38 years is an accomplishment. And it's something yeah. that you've worked through issues with Anne. And we've gone through a lot of the same things where you were trying to work and provide for your family True. and then went to ministry and figure all that stuff out. So yeah. for anybody out there looking for a mentor, I would say if you don't have somebody that you can think of immediately, maybe that you start praying about it. I mean, honestly, sure. it's a great place to start. And then Absolutely. you start keeping your eyes open and see. And it's another reason to be a part of life groups. That mm-hmm. Sadly, I think a lot of times we miss intergenerational ministry, that we don't yeah. have older people. You stick with people your age and your friends, and you're True. all going through the same stuff. And you're all complaining to each other, but nobody really has an answer right, or a right, solution. Yeah. right? And it's good to be heard and to be able to connect. But for like our life group with married couples we asked Bill and Ann Allred to come be a mentor couple. And Absolutely. They that. So it's an older couple that they speak into those people. And so now what's really cool for me as the life group leader is eight to 10 of those couples now all know Bill and Ann and connect with them and we'll do stuff outside a group oh, or yeah. they'll ask and connect with Bill. So we brought... Bill and Ann, who are older, which is ironic. It's a Bill and Ann and a Bill and Ann. People who, who happen to be best friends. <laughs> That's right. So there is some confusion <laughs> that. But it's me as the life group leader trying to connect Bill and Ann Allred to these other couples. So then they have that, that it's not just me hogging Bill and Ann. Allred. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. yeah I that see what we you're have saying, that. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to connect that. So for life groups, and maybe this is something that in the fall or in the fall, in the new semester, if you're looking to be a part of a life group or do one, that you would try to find somebody that is an older couple you'd ask to be there. And like you said, too, most of the time they're not going to volunteer. And so for right. me, it was pushing you. It was kind of going yeah. and making sure, and in a nice way, but yeah. asking, and I'm the one calling for lunch. I buy right. lunch. I try to offer to buy lunch. That's yeah. another pro tip. I mean, how can I resist that? Free lunch. And yeah, I get to pick your brain and go <laughs> yeah. for an hour. And Well, and, it's, and it is, uh, you know, from my perspective on that, it's, it's enjoyable to interact, just as you said, with another generation of yeah. people. I mean, I have known you most of your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of that was from a distance right. of just there's Evan. Hey, Evan, you know, and I'd see you at church or see you working at counterculture or wherever. With your kids' friends. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, y'all were together in, in the student group there. So uh, so it's it's it was different, obviously, when but, – but it kind of grows. I think right. that's what you – it's not as weird as it kind of sounds. Right. You know, like you, you form – you find – 
maybe you see this person out there as a as a younger person, and like you said, you you may know their kids, or you may not know them, but you've seen them and you kind of just see them interacting with people, and you go, well, you know, they look like someone that we might could converse, and right. they, they have they have some knowledge that I would like to find out. How did you get from point A to B? And make it work, at least to the point that you've made it work. I mean, it, it's it's there's a more natural process than it sounds like. Right. I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. It's not like I had an application and I said, here you go, Bill, will you please fill this out and be yeah. my mentor and formalize? Right. But again, if it's it's intentionality on my part, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make it more work for you as the person that I'm looking up to, and if it's somebody that you're trying to do it. But I know when I'm coming into those lunches, this is something that I've dealt with. This right. is something in marriage we're talking about. This is something that I sure. issue with kids, and I want to ask you about that. Yeah. And so you yeah. get to show up. You just share your knowledge. and Right. Yeah, it's it. not – there's no agenda – in my mind, there's no agenda that right. I think I'm walking into. But I as think the younger person point. asking, you want to respect yeah. their time. You want to do right. that. And when you go, hopefully, again – I always enjoy it, and I think you would say, "Yeah, would. oh, absolutely." And, well, and I think a, a big a key to that too is uh, if if you're truly trying to meet with someone, and it can be regular, whatever regular means for us. I mean, it's once a month, I yeah. try to push, but I think it's been five or six weeks. I also had COVID in there, so that yeah, that's off. right. So, but but doing it at lunch is is a good thing if people have the ability to meet for lunch because it limits the time, right? You know. Because if you're, for example, you wouldn't want to say, hey, let's meet at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night because you're leaving your house with your two kids at home. In other words, don't make this an, an excuse, excuse to, to escape. <laughs> yeah, okay, Mallory, you you know, good luck. I'm going to go out and get some mentoring going on. Right, get I'm away from that. be better house. when I get back. Uh, that's not going to go over too well. But an example of that, though, so that's another way is Mallory does a once-a-month mom's life group. It's yeah. on a Tuesday night. She meets yeah. with Julie Mitchell and other moms. And so I encourage that for her. Right. Because I know it's important. I Makes want her to be able to do that. Yeah. So yeah. she gets that one Tuesday night a month. I put the kids to bed and take care right. of dinner and everything. And, and I think Jessica and Claire are both so. in that with uh, Mallory. So, yeah. And, that, and I think that's, I, you know, I don't want to be gender uh, biased. biased here, but I think the the females tend to incorporate this into a more of a natural flow than the male more relational typically yeah absolutely and 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 even just meet i mean they meet and of course julie does a great job with it first of all that she's really good at that yeah and those young moms feel they feel i mean they've had a long history with julie and so they feel comfortable in that discussion um whereas with i can't even i mean you ask at the beginning can i think of anyone that I looked at as a mentor, as a young person. Right. And I hate to say it, but the answer is no. Hmm. Because it, it, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there were, I mean, there were people there. Right. You know, but I don't really remember that being anything that was intentional. I don't remember it being in even on um, your radar. Yeah. It wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. So and, maybe talk about Bill and Ann Allred and growing up and having friends you raised kids with. Because that's not a mentorship necessarily, but you guys were very intentional and mm-hmm. raised kids together and having those close friends. You want to talk maybe a little bit about the yeah. relationship with yeah, the Allreds? Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think we kind of were mentors for each other, yeah. even though we were about all the same age. There was There's really about four couples that we spent a lot of time with who our kids are, you know, in the, the same general age. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's important for young couples to have adult friends with kids. Say that again, because I think the 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 trend in culture is we're more isolated, we're more alone, yeah. we're more busy. People have less friends, they say, than ever, less close friends than ever. So say that again one more time. Of I think it's important for young parents to have friends their age that also have children that are about their age. Yeah. And it... You know, I'm not, and I'm not even necessarily saying you have to go on vacation together. You have to do all of that together, but it just, it's a good outlet for a couple of reasons. One, obviously you gives you an opportunity to get together with people you like and that your kids like, for example, the all reds, Yeah, Katie and Mary and primarily Emily and Claire on my, out of my house were like best friends growing up. Uh, and Jessica was a little bit older, so sure. she did kind of was a little bit above that. But she's also, and they're still, 
I mean, even to this day. I mean, so they they now have a 30, 30 year friendship with, you know, which is super. But if Bill and Ann Allred and Bill and Ann McConaughey had not taken the effort and the time, they wouldn't and, be. Yeah, you know, and and they don't all, you know, they don't do things together all the time now. They're not, but they are still close friends and they communicate regularly. Um, I think. You know, I don't really know because <laughs> right. they don't live at my house. <laughs> but, I mean, that's really the goal, though, is that you set them up right. to be those. You gave them the opportunities, mm-hmm. and then it's up to them to take them. But I think a lot of parents and families maybe in the busyness to survive or doing whatever aren't thinking about that necessarily. Right. But you guys made those choices. You took trips together. You mm-hmm. planned things together. You yeah. would go and do parties together. and it, Yeah, we did, you know, supper. We would meet together, supper club. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's kind of... You know, it's fun, but it's kind of hectic because you got, you know, you may have, let's see, three, six, eight, nine or ten kids at all of your little events. And it's, you know, it's not all fun. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, and you know, but it's interesting. And if I can throw this in, uh, my other two really close friends that we spent a lot of time with our kids together were uh, Kathy and Dwayne Slack and Richard and Susan Cox. And interestingly enough, you know, I, I still meet with Bill, Richard, Dwayne we once a week go to lunch together. So, yeah. you know, and it, and it's just, it's long-term relationships. And that's what you can get out of a, a, a mentor-mentee relationship is a long-term relationship that that doesn't really, I mean, it doesn't really change even if you don't get to see one another for a while. And if you have to move off, I mean, you know, these things happen. I mean, we all stayed here. We all coached. We all taught. You know, so we were all kind of in one big pile of just one big pile of That's people. Unusual these days, and yeah. it's it's neat, but at the same time, not everybody gets that opportunity. But right. you can still develop the relationships. I guess is what I'm trying to get to is you don't have to be, don't have to have the same occupation or the same age of your kids and all that. But it it kind of works out nice if yeah. you do, you know. Oh, absolutely. So, and I think about for us, like we're trying to be that and me and Mallory intentionally are trying to be connectors. We're trying to reach out and making that effort. And it's sometimes hard. It's tiring. Yeah. It's extra work. And there's days we might not want to, but we're always glad that we do. Yeah. And so just recently, Halloween, we started this, I think two years ago, this was our third time. We were going to have friends over to eat and then go trick or treat. So we got to know our neighbors. They're an Air Force couple that moved here from mm-hmm. Nebraska. Don't know anybody. Yeah. That's and it great. just, and that's like, we joke and Mallory's like, I don't know many of my friends that know their neighbors. And it's sometimes a little awkward. Sometimes a little yeah, weird. Not really. Is. You stay in your own house. You shut your door. And but they're a great couple, and we gotten to know them yeah. a little bit. Again, we're not best friends. We're not going on vacation with them, but we right. invite them to things because they have a daughter the same age as Nora. Yeah. And so this year with Halloween, we're like, I don't know if we really want people in our house, and we're worried about yeah. COVID. And so we ended up doing it in the backyard. And yeah. so we just made a way to spend time. We invited them. We invited our friends, the Lazenbees. We invited another mm-hmm. couple, and they all came over and got to hang out, and we got to go trick-or-treat, and they made a memory. Again, Sure. they peeled off when they needed to. They went home when they needed right. to and all different stuff, but well, we made that happen. It wouldn't have happened without making right. the effort. It's intentionality. is You're going to find it in every aspect of this. But one of the, the one of the great things about what you're describing is now you have – you have a uh, relief valve at home. If if there's a problem and you can't get somewhere or Mallory can't get somewhere, you've got someone that's across the street, perhaps. Right, and that happened for Pretty them important. with us. Yeah, so yeah. again, it goes back to our faith of what we believe as Christians of being a good neighbor. They ended up, she was pregnant and had a crisis, had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night. He was out of town for the Air Force. Oh, my goodness. So we kept their two other kids and let oh, them come wow. spend the night. But yeah. she didn't have anybody. And without that call... Who would she have? I don't know what she would have done. Yeah, because well. they would have had to find somebody and go, and then I don't know what would happen. But I'm so glad, and it's not self-serving, right? That almost there's a tinge yeah. of manipulative, right? You don't just do it so you can get something from other people, right? But it is mutually beneficial Absolutely. when you start going and pouring into somebody else. And I think it's Christ-like. I think yeah. he gave first so we can sure. go and then we get the benefit of that and the blessing of that because other people then pour into you. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, it was. It's it's super scriptural, yeah. Uh, you know, and and there's no question that this is, you know, the relationship building is, is is should be one of our greatest goals as 
Christian, as believers, we and should awkward. be building it's relations. It's kind of weird sometimes. It's kind of comfortable. It We've tried to meet our neighbors and been intentional about this for a couple years. And I would say out of the four other immediate neighbors, we really don't talk and interact with the other four. So if it's yeah. one out of five, it seems like it's not that good of a number, but it's really meaningful to that one. Yeah. And you had to get through the awkwardness and the taking the time for the other five or four right. to get to that one good one. And that, a lot of people don't like that. We quit and give up. And well, yeah, this isn't I mean, great it's, the first time. Yeah, that's kind of our normal response is to, ugh, well, let's just... Let's just not do this. And what if they disagree with me? What if they're yeah, weird? Yeah, well, and especially <laughs> in this era of the of politics that we've sure. been that we're currently in, even today, uh, you know, you're nervous sometimes about you're afraid that it's gonna your relationship can go quickly down a the wrong path if you disagree on anything. Right. It comes up awkwardly at Halloween, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but but the importance is there, and yeah. uh, you know, and I and looking at my own children um you know i'm i'm not 100 percent sure that they have a uh you know i don't know of other mentors that they have now bill and Mm -hmm. ann already interestingly enough became kind of have become that as well uh, for you know a couple of my daughters um and you know so that's the other (laughs) a great thing about uh as young couples now forming these relationships those adults will be forever in your children's life. Yeah. Which is important. Right. I mean, if you're picking the right <laughs> but you gotta pick the right kind of people. You and know, that's what I mean? tough. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of us it's either the fear or the worry and people my age that I talk to of, well, I don't want to branch out and reach in any more friends. I'm I'm at capacity. I'm good. Yeah, right. But you're with the same people and they aren't necessarily making good choices and you're only gonna be around those people and we've said this for student ministry in years, friends determine the quality and direction of your life. So if yep. you're hanging with people that are materialistic, you're hanging with people that are always trying to one up. If you're hanging with people that have that pressure to do all the activities and all the sports mm-hmm. and they yeah. go and that's the people you're around. They're not bad. But if you don't have godly people, I mean, honestly, I think it's a big part of it is people that are trying to follow Christ with their life, trying to follow God with their sure. life. And that's the value of the church. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing that we should be doing right. is making those opportunities. And I think at Simple Church, we do. We don't always do it perfectly, but offering a life group, having a parenting seminar, doing this podcast, mm-hmm. that you would learn something to connect. And then maybe the next time you see Bill somewhere, you've heard him on the podcast and you're willing to go start. I'm yeah. not saying you have to be everybody's no, mentor, put that pressure on you, but it's yeah. something that you connect and do that. And that's, I think, what the church we're trying to do and should be doing, the family experience that you put in the FX box. Sure. It's a great resource. We just did the November one. It's something Mm -hmm. you can do at home, but then you can talk to other parents that are doing that through the Facebook page, through the Instagram. You ask questions to Christy that she's there to help you to be able to do that. And you know this and being a ministry and I want to transition this and then we'll probably wrap up that people come in crisis. You were a student pastor yeah, and you worked with teenagers for years. You raised Mm -hmm. your own kids. Would you maybe talk about, it seems like my perception, if you agree, parents typically don't turn to the church or to talk to somebody until something bad happens. And so for your life of going through as a youth pastor, is there a time maybe that there's something that was valuable to parents or you would tell parents that maybe they're stressed, they're worried about how their kids are right now, or maybe your best piece of advice you would have gave to parents as mm-hmm. a youth pastor, maybe older kids? Well, I, I think that uh, that's that's a hard question to answer. Um, um, advice that I gave is that Typically, if they've been taught by the parent, if they've been raised right, let's just use yeah. that they're going to migrate back to that. They may, you know, they're, you know, all every human is going to drift uh, to and fro sure. as they go through various stages of life and the friendships that they or acquaintances, I should say, that they develop are going to dictate so much of that. And as a parent, it, you know, you you just have to weather those storms mm. and not. And I know that Ann and I talked a lot about over the years is picking our battles mm. uh, even. And then this was something that I've, you know, given the advice, I guess you'd say, to other parents of kids that were even in my youth group is you, you do have to you need to pick your battles with your children, because if you make everything a big war, then all they know is war. But if you can, if you can, in your own mind, try to, you know, look at it and go, okay, what's the perspective on this? Is it a short-lived thing that I can not be quite, I still have to enforce my rules, 
but I don't have to blow up about it. I mean, right. there's there's times that you do have to really get down hard on your children. I mean, let's face it, there are just times. Right. And as they grow older and get into teenage years, I mean, it, it even it can get louder because sure. they find their voice somewhere in that. Talk back. Yeah. They, There's some teenage parents right now shaking their head. But you, but you still have to pick the battles, at least the way that you um, interact with the with your child. Um, I don't know if that really answered your question. but no, that's good, and I'm um, listening right now. I've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but Andy Stanley, North Point Church, did mm-hmm. a series about 21st century parenting, and his big thing is punishment should restore the relationship, mm. that it's something that's moving them towards that. So his example that he used was his son as a teenager said something really inappropriate to Andy's wife, his mom, and so Andy made him go and take her on a date, spend his own money, spend time, and apologize. Mm. And said out of that, they were able to talk. He said they both cried, yeah. they apologized. And it was not punitive. It wasn't just punishing for punishment's sake, but that you try to move them to a relationship to restore that connection to go be able to go back towards that. And I thought, man, that's really good. That's it's a great, great idea. Yeah, Andy come up with that on his own. I think I he did. I think he did. It was crazy. <laughs> He's a smart guy. Full of ideas. <laughs> that's right. Now, will that kind of makes me think of something that that I tried to do that that helped my own personal relationship with my daughters is it's kind of falls in line with what you're saying. That's what made me think of it. But I would I would take my daughters individually on dates yeah throughout and i and honestly at the time that i started doing i had not really heard of doing that because you know it's different generations right uh but but you know and i would and my goal was to teach them not that i loved them because you know our daily interaction hopefully was going to show that but i wanted them to learn how to be treated by a by another male yeah in their life that's huge and uh, and and I and I've got great son-in-laws, and so I would say you know they accident. they learned something from that. But um, but you know but you know it sounds kind of a little bit trivial because we only did it a couple times a year. But that matters. But and you think back, well, gosh, there was you know fifty-two Friday nights in the year. Now why did you only do it <laughs> once or twice? Right. But at the same time, you know everybody is everybody's something. busy, and I bet and, they would remember those. I yeah. If you asked them, they would yeah we would say. you know I we'd pick out a movie and we'd go out. To, you know we'd do a typical now. What's interesting now? So I would have to say to this generation because y'all don't or this there's not as much dating. I mean our definition was different. Sure. When we dated, it was like you went somewhere on a date. Right. And now dating is a status of a relationship, not necessarily oh, a... Uh, we don't have time to get into yeah, that. Yeah, it's a weird difference. I, <laughs> I can't keep up with it. It's so, going to be interesting for my kids and what it's yeah, like. Yeah, what's and, it going to be like in another few years? So. Absolutely. But no, I think that's so great. And again, that's an intentional choice. It's mm-hmm. something that you and Ann would talk about, right? You had to schedule. That's you right. had to be out to take them. But it pays off dividends huge down the road. Yeah. And in those moments, we don't necessarily like it or we're busy and stressed and stuff. You can always make an excuse to not do something, but just trying to figure that out. And that's something you had told me before and going back to wrap up this mentorship conversation of that's something that naturally would come up if you're asking, if I'm trying to find those questions, like, hey, what's something you did well with your daughters? Or right. like Nora, I'm asking about this or that, and you would bring that up, but you just you probably would have never volunteered that. Right. But it just comes up and it's like, oh, that's a great I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's not like you're the again, no offense, smartest, best dad ever. But it's <laughs> right. things that you did well that we can yeah. learn from and there's things that you didn't do well that you, we can learn yeah, from what not absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've that just happens in those conversations naturally that I'm so thankful for. And so just a point at the end, if you're sitting there, you're like, okay, well, that's great. You found Bill. Big deal. How do I do this? Why well, I don't have anybody like that? I think start with prayer. I really do think Absolutely. that if you start to pray and ask God for that person, somebody will show up. You'll be clarified. Mm-hmm. I think take the step of finding a life group, finding a small group, taking an effort to meet some more people that are outside maybe your normal circle, and then you'll find and naturally go or... If you find a life group and it doesn't work, try another one. Don't yeah. Right Don't off just all life quit. groups. Right. right. Because yeah. we've all had awkward conversations in small groups, and I've had awkward people in my group that yeah. don't stay. Absolutely. But I wouldn't have the friends and the people I do now if I didn't go through the awkwardness. Yeah, and, and I think to add to that and uh, just kind of focus on it, don't be afraid to join, to, to look for people that are not in your age yes, group. Yes, absolutely. Because you're, I mean, you know, I was fortunate with people my age group because we were all Christians and had all similar beliefs and we were working, you know, together on common goals. But if but unless you have that in your age group, 
you're, you may be limiting yourself by not opening yourself up to be around older people. Right. Uh, I mean, I like to be around younger people. I mean, I, I really do. Every person your age, and yeah. I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, because I continued to work with the students, yeah. and I did up until last year. And, and, you know, I used to, the joke was, why would these kids want to, it's like going to life crew with your grandparent, <laughs> you know, why, who wants to go? So, and, but they would just keep coming, you know, they it's would, like they because, enjoyed it. Yeah. And they do. And you and Ann are fantastic. You're very warm and welcome inviting. I can't say enough good things of what y'all have meant to my life, but a lot of students don't have grandparents like that. Yeah. A lot of students don't have parents like that. Yeah. And so that's another benefit of the church. And that's why we believe life groups are such right. a big deal starting in middle school that they would have another adult in their life that loves God, that is safe, mm. that they can yeah. go to. And that over time, every kid's not going to do that. But the ones that are looking for that have that opportunity. And that's so cool for me now as somebody who was in student ministry for 10 years, seeing all the relationships that still happen. Oh, yeah. Students come home from college and still talk and go eat lunch with their life group leader. Yeah, that's like neat. Four or five years ago. And that I got to be a part of that and help to set that up. And that's why we think it's so valuable. And yeah. I'm thankful that you and Ann have done it for all those years. I'm thankful we do it for me. And so if you don't have that mentor, if you're looking for that, pray, find a life group, try to take a chance to do that. You can email me, Evan, at thesimplechurch.tv. And if you're like, man, I really want to look for this, I don't know. And maybe we can, we'll start a network. We'll do yeah, it. Absolutely. And now I'm going to put Bill's cell phone number out there and everybody can just call Bill and have yeah, Bill. Just, <laughs> just text, preferably text. Yeah, okay. he's really good at texting. I'd like to formulate my opinion before I actually talk to him. No, I won't do that to you. <laughs> Bill, but there are people that we know in the church, and maybe if you're an older person that you get this, or you're listening to it, and you're sending this to your kids or whoever, let me know if you'd be willing to do that. If you're willing to talk to somebody, we can maybe connect and make that happen, but I just think it is such a valuable thing for me. I'm so glad I had it, and I had great parents, too. I mean, that's yeah, a whole other thing right. to get down. You weren't, I had wonderful great yeah. parents I still talk to regularly and love, but it's just somebody else outside of your family yeah. unit to have and to bounce stuff off of and to be able to talk to. That's Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you know, your, your parent is your parent. Right. And, you know, the, now I'm sure there are some relationships with kids and parents to where they just tell each other everything. Right. Uh, I did not have that particular. Right. And I love my parents, too. They're great. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's different when you can find another adult that you can get some help with something without, you know, looking like a total numbskull to your dad <laughs> or whatever. You know? Right. And, I mean, sadly, statistics would say my generation millennials that 50 to 51% of their parents are divorced. Mm, so they yeah. don't have people that they can look to that have had a long marriage and how they made that True. work. You don't have that both sets of parents to be able to do that. And so it's a big deal. It's scary. I think it's overwhelming to people. They don't even know where to start. But I would just say definitely pray about it if that's something you're interested in. The church, we're here to try to do that. Mission trips. I mean, we've been on mission yeah, trips together. Absolutely. You meet people and that's another benefit yeah. of going and trying to do something with a group that you probably would have never picked. It's people you wouldn't have ever hung out with. Well, and that's a, a mission trip has always been a great way to meet someone that's out of your age bracket. Right. Because you're now, cause you're working on a common goal, you're doing a common thing, but you don't really have to have known each other or, you know, have any like experience, but you kind of get thrown together and it makes for a really good experience. So yeah, go on mission trips. Plug that. If we can ever travel again. Yeah, if we <laughs> ever get to go anywhere. <laughs> we yeah. will, but there, it is just a weird <laughs> It time. hadn't happened lately, uh, has That's it? right. Absolutely. Well, Bill, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Oh, yeah, Thanks well, for doing this. It. And we're going to go eat lunch right now. And hey, I'm going to pick your brain. The the beauty of the mentor relationship. Absolutely. I get a free lunch out of this deal. <laughs> it's a win-win. Well, thank you, Evan. I do appreciate the compliments that you give me and you, you make me feel real good. Thank uh, you. You deserve <laughs> it. Thank y'all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Parent Stuff Podcast. I hope that was helpful. Again, if you have questions you'd like to talk about anything, please email me, evan, E-V-A-N, at thesimplechurch.tv. You can also find my email in the show notes and would love to talk to you about parent stuff, mentoring, or anything else like that. And I do hope that you would also check out our Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. If you like this podcast, check out the one with Scott Odom, our host, interviewing different people around Simple Church, in the Simple Church, and what's going on in these crazy times. Stay tuned and definitely subscribe. Backstage with the Simple Church, wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.